In this week's update, markets, media, and sentiment are looking very negative. Is this a great time to buy? My name's Gary Davis. As always, general advice only. And please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, very interesting week. Um, the market is still coming to grips with the change in the Fed stance, the, the, um, the higher for longer theme, and that's still sort of causing um, rumblings through pretty much all asset markets. Wasn't the expectation. Markets hate surprises with a passion, and, uh, and so we're getting this, uh, this heightened nervousness. We've also got the fear that we're going to get higher bond supply as the American government tries to finance their activities. And that's causing um, the 10-year yield and other yields, the 30-year yields to spike. And they're now at the highest level since 2007. So that's not helping equities. It's certainly um, causing the US dollar to be higher and therefore that's impacting commodity prices. The US government uh, could shut down. Um, it's just a ridiculous game that they play. And, and my word, <laughs> the current prospect between the, uh, the future president for the next um for the next term after this one uh, you just got to put your hands on your hips in exasperation and say what a choice say no more um however despite all that despite all the negativity there is light if you wear a contrarian hat which uh, which I try to do most of the time um and there are a number of reasons why that contrarian stance at the moment is warranted um, and one big one is that growth stocks are outperforming uh, defensive stocks. We'll see that when we get to the, um, the sector spread charts. Um, this didn't happen in December 2021 and, and January 2022 when the markets rolled over and went into the sort of significant decline that we saw throughout 2022 that the current sentiment is pointing towards. I mean, you, you know, you'd be really excused for thinking, that the US market is going significantly lower the way the media is behaving, the way the options market is behaving, the way that investor sentiment is behaving. But we've got something very different. And that's why I think the outcome uh, is going to be very different. We've got the options market. That's also at a relative extreme. We've got a very high uh, put-to-call ratio. So the options market is um, expecting more weakness. All right, let's look at American stocks. S&P was down 0.7% across the week and nearly 5% for September. So September living up to its normal form. But the ratios that support lows in the market are now in place, as you will see. The fact that the media is so bearish, the fact that investor sentiment surveys are so bearish, and the options market is so bearish, just really, really seizes my interest. We've also got only 12% of S&P stocks are trading above their 20-day moving averages. That's a really low level. So again, that's just, that's an indicator of just how bad the sentiment is. Now, that doesn't guarantee, of course, that it'll turn around, but you do tend to see turnarounds. But the probability of a turnaround is much higher now than it was a few months ago, I think. You can say that the probability is certainly higher. It's much higher. The US dollar index is still rising, uh, 106.17. Uh, the yield uh, is up to 4.58. The VIX 
is not extreme. Um, and that's probably, again, I guess, another point in favor of why we may have seen a low that, that we've got such bearishness in the options market, but it's not being reflected in the VIX. The 10 year, two year spread, this one's interesting. So this one has now dropped. It's now less negative. It's heading back towards zero, which means that, you know, maybe the bond market is just starting to, to sh shuffle its feet a little bit and moving away from, from the conviction the bond market has had about a recession. All right, let's jump in and look at some of the key charts. This is the S&P. Um, and you can see we got uh, a nice intraday reversal on Wednesday. We got some strength on Thursday. We had opening strength on Friday. It was looking really good and then sold off again. Not, you know, not um, terribly, but did, did finish lower on Friday. So that's the way um, the S&P uh, finished. And if we look at this um, Fibonacci ratio from the lows that we saw um, in October of 2022, so roughly the last 12 months to the peak in July, then uh, this is the level I was looking at last week. So 4,200 is still a key level. We might still get there, um, but I think the odds of this being a reversal, last Wednesday being a reversal, have certainly improved significantly. But you know, don't be at all surprised if we if we see forty two hundred. So you've got to you've got to factor that into whatever you do. Let's look at the spreads. This is the Nasdaq versus the S and P ratio, and the fact that it moved up a little bit, and it's just been in consolidation uh, since May. And so that's getting on for five months now is um is important because coming back here to December last year and into January of 2023 this ratio rolled over uh badly this is the um this is the 50 50 period moving average um so you can see that we definitely started getting lower highs and lower lows and we broke the moving average here we had a lower high, but we didn't get a lower low. And at the moment, this is this now almost looks like it's more likely to set a higher high and a higher low within this consolidation phase. So this looks nothing like this. So that's why I think the chances of a significant decline over the next three to six months is um, is far, far less than what we saw at the start of 2023. So that's a key chart. Another key chart is semiconductors. They've had a little bit of a wobble over the last couple of weeks, um, but we're still within a zone of consolidation. And semiconductors relative to the S&P were quite strong um, last week, even despite what happened on Friday. Um, so, you know, that's, this is why I've just been increasingly bullish all year. We're getting a consolidation. That's normal after a really strong outperformance. Nothing unusual there. So that still looks, uh, looks comfortable. Let's look at the sectors. Uh, energy did finish down a bit last week, but over the last quarter, you can see um, is, still, is still very significantly performing. Communication services comes in in second place, then finance, then healthcare, and, uh, and, and really interestingly, consumer staples is at the bottom. So is technology. But consumer staples right at the bottom 
that, you know, that shouldn't be happening. The market would be moving heavily into, more heavily into staples. Staples should be up here somewhere if the whole market was going to turn sour. Let's look at the Aussie market um, over the last quarter. Energy is leading the way. Finance, uh, pretty, dis pretty similar to America. Small caps picking up a little bit, um, as they should, because on a long-term view, small caps relative to large cap stocks at multi-decade levels of cheapness on a relative basis. Then we've got materials. Materials turned up. They, they finished the week quite well. Healthcare definitely dragging the chain. Let's look at some other important spreads. So this is growth, 1,000 growth versus 1,000 value. Uh, and again, look at what happened at the end of 2021 and the start of 2020, uh, sorry, 2022 and the start of 2023. Um, no, I beg your pardon. I had it right the first time. Um, the end of 2021 and uh, into 2022, we roll, we'd rolled over very significantly in growth versus uh, value. And we're not seeing that this time. Again, we've, we've got consolidation. So you would expect that growth would be underperforming as it did up here. Um, so this is probably the most telling chart from my perspective. And this is consumer discretionary. I'm downplaying this a lot more because of just the sheer impact of Amazon and Tesla. It really makes this this ratio less relevant. But for the record, it's it's actually consumer discretionary is performing staples. So that's um, you know that that's the setup with um, with the American market. And if you go back two weeks when I showed those comparisons with you know the media. Uh, how the media gets it wrong at the extremes. You know, if you remember back a couple of weeks, showed those quotes from Jim Cramer, from CNBC, from Robert Kiyosaki, and they proved to be amazing turning points in the market. And we're seeing, you know, we're seeing si similar levels of bearishness across the media. So I've been pretty consistent for a few weeks on, on this contrarian theme and this contrarian opportunity. Turning now to Australian uh, stocks, our, uh, our dollar finished at uh, 63.7. Oh, there was one thing I forgot to do. Um, sorry. Yes. That's where I want to go. Um, yeah, I just forgot to show these charts. So look at, let's look at the 10-year Treasury yield year to date. So there we are. We're definitely the highest level that we've been year to date. And if we go back as far as we can, which is back to January or really 2007, we've now broken above the, the January 2008 highs. And we're on the way to the highs that we saw in, um, in 2007. So that's why the market is struggling at this point in time. But look, even in any really bearish market phase, there are always some parts of the market and some great stocks that do well. So don't, don't be all or nothing. There's always opportunities.
If we do the treasury yield, um, this is going back to 2019. And you can see how much we've moved from down on these lows and we've moved back up to the sort of levels that we saw in, uh, in April in terms of the spread between the two-year and the 10-year yield. Okay, Australian stocks. Our index lost 0.3% across the week, but it was down 3.5% for September. I must say I'm surprised at that because it felt like the Australian market was worse than the American market. But, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. That was the situation, but still not a great, great September, living up to its reputation. Energy, clearly the best sector in our market. And I think the best, you know, there's still some doubts around commodity, you know, major commodity stocks because China, the China economy, the Chinese consumer, because of the property situation is weak. It is not rebounded as, as any, everyone would have expected. And so there's a bit of uncertainty around the, um, the commodity sector and, uh, and the critical metals producers. To me, the best risk-adjusted returns at the moment are in niche industrial and healthcare technology stocks. And there's a couple of other niche players as well in other areas. But that's been a very happy hunting ground for members um, of my services of late. And uh, I think will continue to be so into the future. It's not really that difficult if you know where to look and you've got a clear perspective, but it, it does require a lot of consistent wearing out of shoe leather to, uh, you know, to first of all, identify the opportunities and then, you know, keep tabs on them and, and pull the trigger at, um, at the right time. We just, I'll just quickly go to the currencies. So there's the US dollar index continuing to, uh, to move higher off those uh, lows, which were in the middle of July and the Australian dollar starting to find just a little more strength relative to the US, which is interesting. I'm not, not going to make uh, too much of a um, prediction about the currencies. I just find too unpredictable. And if we look at the, uh, the Aussie index, you can see a bit of a flat spot, which is why we're only down a little bit for, uh, for the week. Now, looking at um, precious metals, sharp week down, really nasty in, um, in the precious metals market. I'll go to that slide in just a minute. So that's the weekly chart. And there's the daily. Once we broke, um, once we broke this key level of support here, it was sharply to the downside. And silver, interestingly, silver a little bit stronger than, than gold. A bit of a divergence there. So $77 was the, um, was the outcome for gold. So that's nasty, down to $18.49. And it's really this higher for longer theme about um, American interest rates that's killing sediment for gold because that means a stronger US dollar, which means... You can, you can put your money in a place and get a reasonably attractive yield. That is, that is affecting the sentiment towards gold. And of course, the, the, Aussie, uh, the American dollar being high, the currency effect is, is putting a, a dampener on gold as well. Basically, gold needs, uh, needs a, a good sharp crisis. It's what it needs. 
So we've got a fairly nasty breakdown. It's done a lot of technical damage, the breaking of that support. So, you know, it's, it's not going to turn around instantly. In Aussie dollars, it translates to about a hundred dollar drop down to 2,900. And if we look at GDX or GDXJ global stocks, they're following, but then they're following at a lesser pace, which is interesting to say the least. Turning to other commodities, copper slipped a bit, nickel slipped, slipped even further with net end at $8.40. Crude oil held above $90. And uh, one of the main, um, or the, the main uh, oil distribution hub in America, the Cushing facility, um, their storage is close to operational minimums. It's roughly 20% of their maximum capacity. And I understand that that's starting to threaten their ability to actually flow oil out of the tanks and into the um, pipeline distribution system. They can't go too much lower. Now, there's a number of things that are contributing to this. Obviously, what the Saudis and the Russians are doing in terms of curbing uh, production, but we've also got US refineries that have been working very hard because refining crude oil into gasoline and other products is able to be done at more attractive than normal profit margins. And so the refineries have been running flat out. So you've got less production and you've got greater drawdown on inventories. So that's a, you know, that's a recipe to quickly get to where they've got themselves. In the, in the futures market, we've got a situation which is called backwardation, which just in layman's terms means the near-term price is higher than the futures price. So, you know, that is helping the, um, bring the oil price down either. Um, and let's just have a look at oil price. So give you a perspective on oil. So let's look first of all over the last, um, let's have a look at the long term. So going back to 2009, you can see that we, we're certainly up in elevated areas that we've seen over the last 10 to 15 years. Let's zero in a little bit, look over the last uh, year to date. You can see we're, we're at the all-time highs um, for 2023. And of course, oil then potentially, and in reality, feeds into CPI, which then feeds into central bank policy. And you know, it's just oil being as high is not really helpful at the moment. It's great if you own oil stocks, but it's not that helpful for the market in general. Okay, that's uh, the spot copper chart. There's nickel continuing to fall. And wrapping it all up. So how do the next three months set up now that we're into October? Look, I think, as I said at the start, the reversal from these current extremes is a higher probability event than what it has been uh, for quite some time. So I think that's a fair statement. It's not a guarantee, but it's a much higher probability event. But because it's not a guarantee, you've got to play it as it comes and you've got to have a clear plan. You've got to have an open mind so that you can acknowledge what you see and not be locked into some preconceived idea. And you've got to have great targets. And there are some great niche industrial uh, stocks that on a decent pullback from recent highs are offering 
tremendous opportunities over the next couple of years. So for me, I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a, a period of great opportunity. Portfolio analyst last week, um, I think it's the most valuable education I can provide. It wasn't stock tips. It was something I think is far more valuable. So if you haven't been into portfolio analyst, it's two week trial for $1, um, you know, go, go in and have a look at what, what I consider to be the most valuable lessons that I can, I can put up there. In addition, there was, we looked at the performance of my highest conviction stocks, um, which backs up the process that, um, that I've been following for, for years. And also as uranium is, is as hot as can be at the moment, uh, we had another look at my uranium watch list. So that was portfolio analysts last week, well worth the visit. Um, and who knows if you like it, you might, you might want to join as a member. There's the, um, licensee, I guess the, I beg your pardon, the, uh, website address, email address, and, um, I look forward to being back with you next Sunday. Cheers.